Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, uh, here with another episode of the Asheville Food Fans podcast from Asheville, North Carolina. And we are broadcast on the radio by WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of the mountains here in Asheville. And today I am joined by one of my regular co-hosts. I have Crystal Salinas here with us today. And she is normally the political, hey, Crystal. And she's normally the political reporter there on WPVM. And so uh, what's up, Crystal? How you doing? I'm doing well, Stu. How are you? I am good, thank you. I had a doctor's appointment this morning. Was it fun? I have like, no. <laughs> I, have like, <laughs> I have like three referrals now to other doctors, so. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, still, ticker's still ticking and still standing upright, so that's good. I'm, a, I'm about 100 years old, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I just aged another year on Monday, and I am getting very old okay all of us 2021 took a toll that was like 10 years compact or 2020 i keep it, it just, to me it just extended oh, into 2021 it's we're just going to call them the 20s or whatever yeah i mean the joke expired you know when we when we rolled into january and life was still horrible yeah and then <laughs> and then we were we were out of it for a little bit, and now we're right back in. We're, COVID is like um, Scarface with Al Pacino, you know. Every time we think we're out, they pull us back in. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, sadly. Now, before we start talking about food, let's uh, just catch up with a little bit of politics. I understand you have an update from what you told us last week. I do, which is that last week I told you guys that there was a new hat in the ring for congressional seat in NC 11 currently held by Madison Cawthorn. Her name is Chelsea white. Um, unfortunately due to a technicality about her changing her affiliation too late, she had to drop out because you have to be registered as a Democrat for 90 days up until the filing deadline in order to run as a Democrat. And mm -hmm. I believe that she was prior, she was unaffiliated. And so um, she didn't make that 90 days and had to pull out. So it was, it was quite a big shakeup in general, just because her entrance into the race was a big shakeup. And then, you know, five or six days later, this announcement um, that the campaign unfortunately had to withdraw. So that is where we are at with that. We are back down to 11 candidates. One of them has only filed but not announced. So we actually don't know anything about them. Like, I don't, I can't even find a picture of them. Okay. So, um, yeah, we have 10 known people and one mystery person. Ooh, mystery person. Yes. His name it is, is Parker Logan Smith. Brooker Logan Smith, if you if you hear this, call me. What's the name again? <laughs> Say once more. Brooker, like B-R-O-O-K-E-R, -O -O -E Logan Smith. Okay. That could be amazing. You are friends with this man. Let him know. Want I want to hear talk. from him. Yeah. Well, uh, that is a shakeup, and I'll just throw in my two cents. If you don't have your act together enough to know the rules of running for office, you're maybe not ready to run for office. Um, that was the reaction that many folks had. Um, I know that she did have a lot of ground support in her community. So, you know, a lot of people were just disappointed. But I think that some of the, especially like more, how do I say, like true Democrats, if you will, um, people who are loyal to the party, they absolutely had that exact reaction, which is basically like that rule kind of exists for a reason. And it's yeah. to catch, it's to prevent um, folks who are actually not Democrats from mm -hmm. running on their ticket. Yes. Well, I would call myself a party Democrat. And I, wow. so I fall into that category of people that feels that way. 
<laughs> like, I try not to give too many opinions or things um, out there, but folks can look me up on the voter registration database and see yeah, no. what I do. You're a political reporter, so you should have an air of um, uh, fairness. Neutrality. Yeah, I neutrality. Mean, you know, I, I think that objectivity, true objectivity is clearly impossible for a human being. However, yeah. it's something that you can always strive for, especially as a journalist. Um, you know, I do insert opinions and I think at times and I think that uh, an astute person can probably tell what I think about certain things but I I try to minimize it as much as possible and um, and that's why I'm, I'm proud that um, you know Republicans and Democrats are willing to come on and talk to me sure um, because I think there's a lot of trust in the relationship um, between a, an interviewer and an interviewee when the stakes are really high. I agree. Well, um, thanks for that update. And we will be watching this race very closely. And, um, and as usual, I just want to say the any opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the people on the show and not necessarily those of the radio station. Absolutely. Yeah. I second um, that motion. Yes, and I'm sure Davine would be happy to hear us say that. Uh, Absolutely. She will, like, on Friday when this airs, she'll be like, oh, I love that. <laughs> I hope so. I'm always <laughs> trying to make Davine happy. And for the listeners, Davine Dial is the owner of the station, co-owner with her husband, Herb. And, uh, she's a boss lady. She's an awesome, awesome person. She is an amazing person and an amazing boss, but she is nevertheless the boss. She is the boss. That yeah. is clear the minute you meet Davine Dial. Yes. And yes. I got to love that her last name is Dial because of I love it. Dials, you know. Yeah. And we have, there's a radio museum inside the WPBM radio station of really cool old radios. Like, in fact, like some of the very first radios to be sold commercially and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and so, WPBM actually also produced a documentary about the history of the medium. Oh, cool. I, have, and, I actually haven't seen that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to misspeak, but it might be on our website. But okay. I'll update folks on that next week. Okay, great. All right, Crystal, let's talk about food. All right, food time. All right, All right. we're going to do a couple of regular segments, or one regular segment, and then we're just going to freeform it and talk about um, – oh, and you're going to give your unexpected vegetarian tip Last week you recommended the, was it Impossible Burger? I, no, I recommended Barrel House for their Beyond Burger yeah. and their Beyond Brock. Right. So Barrel House, not typically thought of as a vegetarian friendly place, but of course it is. And so yeah, yes. that's that. So, and you'll give us one of those this week, but let's do What'd You Eat? And um, why don't I just, I'll go first and I'll list some of the places I ate this week and what I had to eat. And then we'll get to where you ate this week because you, you ate at um, more than your usual place. You ate out kind of a lot this week. So that's I exciting. actually ate out three times. That's For me, that's excellent. a lot. That's fantastic. Uh, for most people, that's a lot. So uh, one thing I ate this week was... Um, Chef Naomi brought me some, oh wait, I think I talked about this with Rick already. She brought me some of her waku waku and she played her musical instrument for me. Did you see my posts about that? In music? Yes, it was amazing. It was incredible. So I got delivery this week from, uh, via Kickback, avl.com, the only local delivery uh, company in Asheville. And I got Haywood Common and it was delivered so fresh, hot, and delicious. That's, those are the words on a pizza box, typically fresh, hot, delicious. And they describe what, at, what Kickback does. They bring, they bring it to you as quickly as possible. You know, sometimes there's an hour-long cook time. If you're ordering from Rockies at 6.30 on a Friday, you're going to wait an hour for them just to cook your food. And then the driver has to get it to you. But I got it from Haywood Common, and I did get some chicken wings. We're going to skip the wing thing this week because Crystal doesn't typically eat chicken wings. And... Uh, I did eat some chicken wings from Haywood Common, and that's one of Rick's go-to chicken wing places. 
and Rick Prelia, our other host who's not here with us today. And um, they were excellent. I'm going to say they're some of the best chicken wings in town. I also got a fried chicken sandwich. It was like a buffalo Thai or something like Thai buffalo chicken sandwich, and it was excellent. So I, I chickened. I got chicken. In, I got my chicken in this week. Always, I'm a chicken fanatic. I've I've eaten more chickens. I don't know. In heaven, there'd be a big angry chicken waiting for me. When There's I, so much irony in us hosting show about food together. Since as and if anyone listened to last week's episode, when I. I so graciously broke down my dietary history for, for folks. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're being self-effacing, but it was great. I, I loved birds. it. I you don't eat birds. I've, I hate the concept of eating birds. I have eaten so many birds. Little tiny We're an odd pair, too. you know? What's that? We're, we're an odd couple for this. <laughs> you know what, <laughs> Crystal, throughout my life, it seems like no matter who I'm standing next to, I'm part of an odd couple for some reason. I'm starting to think it's <laughs> me just too. me. It's just me. Okay, it's you too? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and then I also, I got a salad, Crystal. I ordered a salad. Like, it didn't come with the chicken. I had to pay money for it. And I ordered a salad. And the thing about getting a salad delivered, everybody, and I also ordered some collard greens and some tater tots. So I had chicken wings, a chicken sandwich, collard greens, tater tots, and a salad. That's like too much food for a small person like me. I'm obviously planning to eat it the next day and maybe even possibly the next day. But here's a pro tip, delivery tip for people. If you order a salad, eat it all. That ain't going to keep overnight. You're going to be so sad you didn't finish that salad. So even though there were tater tots sitting right there, I ate that whole salad. And I was full, too full to eat as many tater tots as I normally would have eaten. And, but you know, you got to get that salad in you. Yeah. Yeah. I do try to eat vegetables on purpose. Yes. Yes. I I was hoping to get, I I hope that somebody out there in Radio Land is proud of me that I ate a salad. I think a lot of people are, you know, I I know I am. (laughs) Thank you. That's all I was fishing for. Um, and I also ate, uh, well, I went to a chow chow event. I went to the very last chow chow event. I finally got a ticket. I, I just ran into Rebecca, one of the organizers and, uh, just ran into her and I was like, yeah, I'm sad. I haven't been able to make it to any, but they're kind of hard for me to get to because I don't drive and they'd be out on farmland and stuff somewhere. And she said, well, can you get to Cultura? And I was like, gosh, I can walk to Cultura. It's like right in my neighborhood. And she said, well, the last event is at Cultura. And she styled me out with a ticket. And so I was able to go. And it was one of their storyteller events where they, during each course, like they'd serve you the food. And during the course, while you're eating, there would be three people on stage telling a story. And, uh, or not a story specifically, not like story time, but like the, one of the three people was the moderator and then a person who had like sort of a life story or like a food story related to food, like my first food memory kind of a thing. And then the chef who had cooked that story. So each plate was a story and it was great, you know, and the storytellers were great. Um, I can't, I don't want to even try to name them because there were too many people to name and I'll leave some out and then I'll feel bad. Um, That's a really um, creative and interesting way to organize a food event. I agree. I wish I'd been there. Oh, I had a ticket. (laughs) I should have invited you. Are Um, you kidding me? That's so rude. I'm sorry. (laughs) They just, they asked me, my girlfriend's out of town. So they asked me if I needed an extra ticket. I said no. So yeah, because you don't care about anybody else. Just me and my girlfriend. That's all <laughs> binary world for me, man. Just yeah. me and her. Um, but it was it was really interesting, and and I want to give it up as a, as an eater. I want to give them a lot of credit for. They did not make us listen to the stories before they fed us the food, which I know that sounds petty, but it just made it easier to listen to the stories that you weren't like, oh my god, I'm so hungry. Like, please feed me while you're listening to the story, that would, that would literally build resentment between the audience and the people on stage. So kudos to uh, Chow Chow for 
not making us wait and integrating the stories into the food. So you're eating while you're hearing and it was fantastic. Great. Um, Chow Chow was really weird this year in terms of it was several small events through, not just several, it was many small events throughout three months of the year rather than one big festival. And it was very exhausting for the people who were organizing it. And I, I saw them all, some for the first time since COVID, and um, they were exhausted. <laughs> it was the last one and they were drinking a little bit of wine and they were cutting loose and they were ready to take a month long nap, I believe, except for they all have super busy lives anyway. So, yeah. Um, and that was great. The food was great. I also went to another fancy dinner at Cultura that was also fantastically good. That was to benefit a organization that um, brings medical care to farm workers, uh, migrant farm workers. I forget what it's called right now. I don't have it right in front of me, but people can look up the dinner at Cultura and find out. And the food was fantastic and that was really great. And they asked me, do you want to sit at a communal table or do you want a table to yourself, Stu? And I said, I'll take a table to myself. Are you kidding me? I love eating alone. It's one of my favorite things in the world. You get better pictures of your food that way for one thing. And you can, as a food writer, I can relax and really enjoy the food. But of course it's weird to be like sitting all alone at a, at a dinner with other people everywhere, people I know everywhere, you know, but <laughs> they all come up to my table and say hi. So it's all good. And uh, I ate a few other places, but I don't actually have the list right in front of me. So I won't uh, bore the audience with a lot of ums and ahs and I can't remember. And so let's just cut to what, where and what you ate this week, Crystal, because it's more interesting anyways. All right. Well, um, I ate at uh, Baba Nam, which is downtown, and uh, actually my neighbors across the street um, are the owners, mm-hmm. Laura and Brian, very nice people. Um, I had, as a vegetarian, I had the um, Egyptian-style falafel in a falafel wrap, and mm-hmm. it was really good. Um, the falafel was crispy. The wrap was soft, which I like. It was almost, I've never had a bread like that before. It was kind of like a, it's like a nexus between a pita and a, um, oh my God, my mind is blanking. No, like, like the, the, the Indian non. Non? Okay. It's like. And it's like a, a mix, something between a pita and a naan. Okay, so a little thicker than a lavash. Yeah, and it's like, but it, you know, it's soft like a like naan. Okay. But it's uh not as um. I guess you could say like oily. You know, naan mm-hmm. tends to be. I mean, yeah, in does. a good in a good, in a good way, way. Yeah, it, sure. with the ghee. You know. Yeah. 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 It's um, it's a, like a very rich bread, but this was different, and it kind of has like some seeds in it. And I I really recommend it. Like if you've never had it before, I would go try. I would try that instead of a pita just to try it because okay. it's something. It's very different. And it's the lafa, L-A-F-A. Lafa. Yeah, A yeah, H I think. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I hope I'm getting that right, and if I'm not, I'm so sorry. But That's it's okay. It'll be, It'll be evident, self-evident, if you're looking at the website. And you can get that from Kickback, by the way. Yes, you can. Thank you for mentioning Kickback. Uh, Full disclosure, I do work for Kickback. I don't work as their person who talks about them on the radio. That's just a consequence of my eating habits. I do their social media. And Boss just had a baby, and that baby is so cute. Oh, my (laughs) God. For one thing, I've never seen a more serious looking baby. It's just, it looks at the camera and you're like, whatever you want, baby. <laughs> and so um, congrats to my boss there. Um, yeah. um, and uh, okay, well, so I just want to say Bob and Nam, their falafel is really good in my opinion. And I, I came up in Boston and there's like damn good falafel all over the place in Boston. And then, you know, down south, the falafel wasn't as good necessarily it's more like hippie style than middle eastern style mm-hmm. and so i really think baba nam has really good falafel so i do too and 
The other thing of note is um, I did try their Dolmas and they are, a, they're a unique style. They're different from any of the other ones that I've ever had in town. They're, I believe they put art, they use artichoke, which is in, in the filling, which mm -hmm. is unusual. So it definitely has a different texture than when it's just rice or like, I presume rice and ground um, meat, which I don't usually. eat. Yeah. Um, but, and the, the grape leaves are marinated in something different than okay. usual. They're a little sweet, I would say. Okay. So it's just definitely like a different experience. I'll try those because I love dolmas and I've had all different kinds, you know. I really like the dolmas that are served warm with a sort of light tomato sauce. Yeah. Um, and so I'll try those. They sound really interesting. They, they serve these with um, their tahini. Okay. Uh, they have good tahini, really good hummus. Like, I really like baba nam, so I hope that other people are, are frequenting them and ordering yeah. uh, online yes. and such. And where yes. else did you eat this week, Crystal? Well, it was, as I said, alluded to earlier, it was my birthday. And so I went to Rendezvous, um, which is in East Asheville on Tunnel Road. Off okay. Tunnel. It's not on Tunnel, it's off Tunnel okay um and you know it's a french restaurant i think i've talked about it before of course i had the uh escargot always have that if it's on the menu unless mm -hmm. someone has told me that it's bad uh it's great i love it they do they nail it every time um i wish sometimes davine and i go there and we get our own like we can't even share that's great um, so this time we, we, we shared one and, um, it was great. We ate an entire loaf of bread, um, sopping up the delicious garlic butter sauce. And I highly recommend that if you are willing to eat snails. Um, I then, am. I'll eat yeah. snails. <laughs> and then I had, um, I had the lobster ravioli, but it's really more like a seafood ravioli. It has other seafoods in there. I believe it has, um, I think it's, it's kind of like a, like a shellfish medley. I'll okay. Say. I was going to say probably some scallops in the mix. Scallops, um, you know, maybe a little crab. Okay. And um, I think it might've been like lump crab in the sauce actually. Okay. And then, like the lobster and the scallop was in the ravioli. Sounds good. Was it like a creamy sauce? It was a cream sauce, yes. Oh and God, that sounds good. I want to say that um, I actually tend to not care for super rich food. Like I like acid. I want something to cut it. Mm -hmm. um, but this was, it just sounded so great on the menu. And so I went for it. And I still loved it and I ate the whole thing and that's unusual for me. And so that just is a testament to how delicate the sauce is. That is for sure a testament. If you don't like rich food and you ate a, a creamy French seafood pasta dish, that's a testament to how good it was for sure. That sounds delicious. And it reminds me that I got a lobster and bacon omelet at a Beha's house cafe this week. And I've it was always great. wanted to go there. Oh, you gotta go. Definitely. Their shrimp and grits is awesome. And they do a dish that I can't recommend to you, but to the audience, they do a, something called a Nola shrimp and chicken dish. And it's got a beautiful creamy tomato sauce. I mean, you could probably order it without the chicken and double the shrimp yeah. if you wanted to. I mean, I'm definitely already planning in my mind to order the omelet without the bacon. The omelet was a special. Oh. Yeah, but they have can great I specials like every day. Food, can I pull a food fan move and be like, can I come and eat the special that you no longer <laughs> <Yeah>. have? <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. I would never do that to anyone. Call them every day and be like, is the lobster omelet back? Is the yeah. lobster omelet back? Yeah. Um, and eventually they'll be like, it's back. Come in. Stop calling us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I will say the specials board was great. My sister also ordered off of the specials board. And then when I made a post online, 
a person said, oh, that's my go-to restaurant and I've actually never ordered from the menu because the specials board is always so awesome. And I, that's I ordered- That's impressive. Yes, it is. And rare. Indeed. Most people have their favorite menu dish and they might occasionally go for a special. That is absolutely true. And that's reminding me that the only other place that I personally have that experience. I would always go into Mojo Kitchen that was located right downtown. And I would go in to get a burger. Like that would be what I want. I'm going to get a burger. And then I'd get there and I'd see the specials board and I would always order something else off of the specials board. Sometimes it was a different kind of burger because they always had a burger special. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, and now Mojo, the chef owner and his wife are running Black Bear Barbecue. And so- okay. That's a great, and a, that is a great restaurant. Um, so um, that, and um, where we covered. I ate um, one other Bob. place. Yeah, you had three. So let's hear yeah. that. Um, I had lunch at Universal Joint, which is just a classic Asheville situation in yes. West Asheville. It's classic West Asheville. Yep. Um, really great menu. Um, something for everybody, for sure. And I had an Impossible Burger, which was fantastic. Um, and, you know, it does matter because you can ruin an Impossible or Beyond Burger. And oh, yeah. it 100% has to do with the treatment of the burger. Yes. Um, I did the Swiss Mushroom, and it was really, really good. Great bun. Um, and had tots, which... I, there's t a tot option. Mm -hmm. Like I always go tot. Tots over and fries. Now I know I'm tots over fries. I'm tots from Boston, and I have been here in the South 16 years. And there's two strong indicators that I've been converted, and one of them is that I prefer tots over fries now, and ranch over blue cheese. Yeah, I think it's happened. You are happened. yes. I've made the switch. Yeah, you have. <laughs> and I, yeah, so I love a tot. And also, like, li having lived in Chicago for a big chunk of my adult life, mm -hmm. um, tots also, you know, hardly anywhere would you see them. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, yeah. I would say most, you know, solid, like, burger-type joints, you know, pub-type places, there's a tot option. Um, and at some high-end restaurant. What's that? There may not even be a fry option, maybe a tot only. Yeah, that's totally 100% true. And the same is true when growing up in Boston, like tater tots were not on restaurant menus at all, period, full stop, end of sentence. Like they were something you poured out of a plastic bag onto a cookie sheet at home. And yeah. only because you didn't have a deep fryer and you would have preferred French fries at home if you could. Right. You know, Tots are sort of impregnated with the grease, so they cook themselves in the in the oven, and uh, <laughs> and so yeah, there was no tot option at the local restaurant when I was a kid, yeah. but now it's like if you if there is a tot option, we're going for it, and sometimes it's not just an option. There's like a an appetizer that's like a crazy tot sort of nachos or something yeah well it's called <laughs> tachos too <laughs> oh i didn't know that i and, didn't um, know there the, was a name yeah the vault which is a bar restaurant downtown which they i obviously don't know because i don't eat burgers but i'm you know they are frequently voted best burger in Asheville. um they definitely place. do tachos <laughs> and the tachos are good Screw the nachos, get the tachos. Screw the nachos, get the tachos. Those, gonna, I'm going to get a tattoo that says that. Yeah, I wish you would. In yeah. fact, if there are any, this is just, a, if any listeners out there have any tater tot related tattoos, please post them on Facebook and tag me, Stu Helm, the food fan. And I will, yes. I will heap do. praise upon you for your tater tot tattoos. Um, so they were anyway they were great tots they were super crispy just how you want it i love ketchup when mm -hmm. there's potato involved mm -hmm. and so yeah i drenched it in ketchup i was super happy it was great That's everybody great. loved their food i hear the spicy egg rolls are really great 
Wow. Okay. But they have chicken in them, so I can't tell you. But can't my do. eating companion ate them and was very happy. Okay, I'll try those because as as stated, I'll eat some chickens. Yes. I'll eat you all. Love of a the bird. Yeah, I love a bird. Hop in my mouth, birds. Um, <laughs> Score squawking. <laughs> squawking. Yeah. Sorry, I I I think I'm delirious. <laughs> <laughs> it's early still. Um, so I love it that you gave some cred to ketchup. Don't, don't anybody be coming on my show and talk any, like try to throw shade on ketchup. Ketchup is a staple. It's an American standard. It's as American as apple pie. Yeah. If you don't eat ketchup, just don't talk about it. Just leave it alone. Right. Yeah. Just If it comes up in conversation, you just back into the closest um, piece of topiary. And Change the subject as fast as possible. That's right. Just be like, how you guys feel about mustard? And then we can talk about mustard for the next hour. Yeah. I mean, just take it to another condiment. That's Don't right. talk about it. There, I get upset. And sometimes people that I eat with will actually comment on the amount of ketchup that I use. And I don't like that. No. That's called no, I mean, like I, I want like my, if I'm eating a fry, I want the fry up till the point where I can hold it, I want the fry coated. There you go. You're a big ketchup fan. Yes. I bought some all natural ketchup recently, and it was really funny because it, it said that it was veggie ketchup. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> me and everybody else in the world was like, isn't all ketchup veggie? Yeah. But what it meant was that there was no sugar added and all of the sweetness was derived from vegetables like sugar beets or not, oh. not sugar beets, but just beets and, yeah. and whatnot. So, and it's really good. And I like to experiment around with ketchup. I made my own for a little while. I was all like, I'm get off the ketchup grid and make my own ketchup. And it's super easy to do. You just need a can of tomato paste, some white vinegar, some salt and some onion powder and boom. There you are, wow. ketchup. Yeah. I mean, you can add some sugar if you want some sweetness to it. You could even add a little bit of K-Row syrup if you want yeah. it to be goopy. Have you, Stu, ever been to a Whataburger? Never. Are you familiar with? Only from TV and rap okay. songs. Okay, because I'm from Texas, the home of Whataburger. <laughs> ah, I thought they were from California. Oh, no, that's in and out Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, but they're another famous burger chain like similar to in and out um, yes i have heard of whataburger i just get the two yeah burgers. they they have been actually voted as like the best fast food burger over in and out dang um, well that's some texas pride coming out yeah of right there. And, uh, well you know certain part of texas <laughs> certain parts of it um so i just wanted to say that their ketchup is so distinctive that they package and sell it Really? And it's just one of those, it's one of those like Coke Pepsi things Like you can't really put your finger on it, but it's different. Different. And I, I recommend it. You know, I really do. You can, I, I think you can probably buy it somewhere here, but you can 100% order it online and it's just, it's worth trying. They I, have a spicy uh, ketchup too. Okay. Well, these are such great, tidbits of knowledge just like this is like opening up the tomb the tome of the illuminati or something we're just learning everything and <laughs> i am gonna straight up order some of that whataburger ketchup and i have i have ordered ketchup online before i ordered some gosh i'm gonna butcher the name something like virginia burger or something ketchup that's like a curry ketchup from europe that they're crazy about in europe and they put it on their kielbasas and stuff like that and it's real good it's just a little sweet for me it's more of like a ketchup a curry ketchup syrup and so i use it a little bit sparingly and i got the spicy and i want to say if anybody from europe is listening your guys idea of spicy is hilarious oh right yeah yeah Come on. I mean, they think that paprika is like the spiciest thing. I know. Let me tell you, I have been engaged to an Englishman before. <laughs> I am a Mexican woman. <laughs> I ate Rockies hot. Yes, I you did. The salsa competition. Yes, you which did. Which was yeah. really 
you know, it was basically an extreme sport. It was. That's a and good look at I it. mean, we were just, we were having to, we, I haven't talked to you about that on the no, air, but like, Rick and I just, did that segment. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'll just really quick say that it was hilarious. Cause there would be like certain t- booths where it was like so hot that we've had to just go back to the judge's booth and just like sit there and let our body like process what was happening to us. Absolutely. Body and mind. There are yeah. some hot sauces that, and there was one there from Papa Locks. And I, we forgot to mention actually, Rick and I, that Papa Locks won the people's choice, if you can believe it. With his hot it sauce. was, I mean, that, that he was by far, he won hottest from us. Yeah, um, for sure. And I mean, he was by, it was by far the hottest. I mean, it was great. You know, I well, loved it. That Sydney's I, hot. See, you and Rick didn't need as much of that Sydney's hot uh-huh. sauce as I did. I had three big bites on a chip and I think you and Rick dipped your pinkies in and then what, what are you trying to get at here? I'm just saying that that sauce was hot. And you guys, you guys didn't eat as much as I did. I'm going to come back to you with that. You had a chip. I did. We didn't have a delivery system. Well, there were chips right there for all to utilize, if I recall correctly. Now, Papa Locks didn't have any chips. I don't want to argue with you about this, Stu, but no one offered me a chip. (laughs) Now, Papa Locks didn't have chips, and so that was like, I was like doing little shots of that. I could have gotten a chip from somewhere else. I I think that there was a couple folks who didn't realized that they needed to provide their own delivery system if you will and that's totally fine and um i just was lazy and i just ate like basically drank the hot sauce so dangerous it was so dangerous and i actually took a picture a selfie of myself with sweat just like pouring down my face oh i missed that one did you post it on facebook oh no i'm very I'm vain. I'm never, no. Did you see, you saw my picture where it looked like I was crying real tears of sorrow, but it was just like heat coming out of my face. (laughs) Heat come pouring out of your eyes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, um, that was mega hot. So anyways, back to my thing, I have been engaged to an Englishman and off and on been, he's my best friend. I've known him for 20 years and I mean, like I tried to make like Texas style chili with uh, fake meat or whatever. And uh-huh. it was like, you know, and I didn't even put anything in it. There was, I think I just used like bell peppers <laughs> and like maybe one jalapeno that I actually like um, emptied out. Took um, all the seeds out. It took I the took spine the seeds out. and the veins out. Yeah. Yeah. And one chopped jalapeno in the whole pot without seeds or um, whatever it's called, the membrane, mm-hmm. and, you know, a dash of chili powder. And he was, like, inedible. Because they really only eat, like, potatoes, beans, like baked beans. Something um, they call pudding. Yeah. Put, treacle. Put. Eat some treacle. <laughs> Black pudding. Black pudding. Um, anyway, I'm just spotted I'm, I'm dick. Just playing. I love I I I, I love England. And, yeah. <laughs> no, I I'm with you 100. I had a friend from Liverpool, and he couldn't eat pizza with sauce on it because it was too spicy. That's too unbelievable. Spicy. Yeah, and he told me one time that I had he came over to watch some TV, play some video games. I was young back then. I used to do those things. Now I'm too busy. <laughs> For the video games, I still watch plenty of TV. But um, he came over and I made a pot of just mac and cheese out of a box, you know? And I, I offered him some and he was like, oh, no, no, no. And then he told me later, like, just the smell of it made him want to vomit because it was so, like, wildly flavorful for him. I was like, you're insane, man. Yeah, so that's... As British people, they also love their curry, which is a little funny because it's like the opposite. But, I know. But real English curry is not very sweet or not very spicy not and, and is kind of sweet. Like, it's just like, yeah. And yeah. I'm like of English extract, so I'll make fun of the English people yeah. all I want. I know. You know what? I will, I will post, <laughs> I'll post it in, in your group is um, I feel that 
I hit a point in my life when I was with him where as an American, I perfected the English breakfast. Nice. Oh, I love English breakfast. They the do that English. very well. Because like, while I don't eat meat, I, I, I am willing to cook it for others. Unless it's yeah. bird, I don't do bird. But I've, I'll make, you know, whatever. Like ham, bacon, I don't, you know, burgers, whatever. I don't care. Um, and I perfected it. It's a real timing issue because it has many components and they yes. all have to come out hot. Yes. So I will post this picture of like when I felt like I hit the pinnacle that okay. an American could ever hit at least. Sure. Yeah, man. I, I love English breakfast and you're a hundred percent right. There's like eight things on the plate, eight different things, I believe, maybe even more. And one or two of them uh, is sunny side up eggs which go instantly cold like exactly instantly cold so yeah everything else has to be just right and then add the eggs on the table and then Eng i will also want to say that like english people are very harsh judges of english <laughs> breakfast yeah, um, they don't put up with like no. you know like you said a cold egg or no, no. whatever a, no. you know bushy yeah any you know no or black beans instead of baked beans or something oh no 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 oh that's unheard of in fact i actually have <laughs> some real made in england heinz baked beans right mm. now because my friend marshall ordered them in bulk and kindly gave me two cans so yeah, I haven't eaten them because they are not the same as Heinz baked beans that you pick up at Ingalls. They are no, not the no. same. They're they're specific to the British taste bud. Exactly, and yeah. So the English breakfast that I made, the only thing missing is the black pudding because at the time we were in Malta, which is a small country in the Mediterranean, and oddly, black pudding is illegal there. Illegal here too. To is import. it? To import, you okay. can make it here in the states, but yeah, so um, they you can't. It's it's the same, probably the same thing. Like you can't import it, and no one in Malta is going to make it. So right, right, yeah. Um, and the same with um, haggis. You can't. I don't know if the rules have changed, but typically you can't import haggis either. You'd have to make your own. So if yeah. you ever come across haggis on a menu, first of all, Crystal, you're going to want to avoid that a hundred percent. And, uh, but if, if it's on a menu here in America, that means they're making it in house. If, yeah. if you're not a vegetarian, I'd say go for it, man. Cause what a rare opportunity. And they do import haggis actually in cans, but it's not the same at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, I want to get your unexpected vegetarian recommendation for this week and then, uh, we can wrap it up. Okay. It's not like, this is not a real revelation the way last week, the barrel house recommendation was, I might've like topped myself too much there. I should have probably held that one back. I, there was a hallelujah chorus in the it air. Was, yeah, it was kind it. of a big deal. And yeah. so I just wanted to say that actually going back to the salsa competition, bring the heat um, that Luis did, I had the impossible meat tacos from Asheville taco truck and most taco places have vegetarian stuff. So that in and of itself is not a shocker. What I liked so much about this taco was that as a vegetarian, a lot of times things that are offered to you don't mimic the real thing in the way that you want it to. And some vegetarians like that and some don't. I personally love a good mimic. Like mm -hmm. I want, and they give you that true American style taco. Right. Veg in vegetarian form. Sounds and great. It is. And sometimes that's just what you want. You know, sometimes you might want to go to Taco Temple and get something that's like more exotic, mm -hmm. you know. And sometimes you just want an American taco on a flour tortilla 
with, you know, ground meat and a good sauce and some, you know, con- it's, you know, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I call it Ortego taco night. Like when your mom yeah. cooks up some brown, brown, some ground beef and throws a spice mix in there that comes in the bag you tear open. And like, I grew up with those. And so it strikes a nostalgic note with me, which is one of the like five ways people enjoy food, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I want, I want to try all of these things that you're recommending because they sound great. And I also love a good vegetarian mimic food, and I like that kind, of, that expression that it mimics the food. That because you know I, I switched to vegetarianism yeah. for a while, and then I switched back yeah. uh, to flexitarian or omnivore or whatever you want to call me. And I, I, when I was vegetarian, I ate mimic food. And then now that I'm not vegetarian anymore, I still like the mimic food. Like yeah. it's still tasty. Well, especially, I mean, you know, in the last five years, like vegetarian products have just absolutely improved by measures that I could not even quantify. I agree. Um, and, you know, I think regarding that taco, I too was once a child and <laughs> and I don't want to say that I don't want to and I don't want this to come out in any negative way about the taco. The taco is yeah, more no. sophisticated than Ortega night. Right. But I just love it for its simple simple goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um Taco Billy does one called um grandma's taco or something like that and it's straight up just ground beef and uh, shredded cheese and i think yeah. even iceberg lettuce yeah. and so it's just like straight up like the kind that you have on at home when you live in the suburbs like i did growing up and yeah ortego taco night was like so much fun because you get to yeah. make make it yourself and stuff so um, well, that's a great recommendation. You always have great recommendations for us. And I know they're great because after I hear them, I personally want to go eat these things and try them. Um, I want to, before we say goodbye, this is just for some reason reminding me that I recently found out that um, Cooking with Comedy, the, the truck, uh, Chef Clarence, his truck, parks at, not at Rabbit Rabbit, but at Rabbit's, the historic black hotel, that's mm-hmm. on Ashland Avenue, I believe, which is walkable from my house. And he parks there two days a week, Wednesday and Thursday. And so now that I know that, I, I've been wanting to try his truck for a long time and I have, just haven't been, either haven't been able to catch it or the line has been super long. And so I am excited to try that truck. So I'll, check, I'll try it next week and I'll check in with everybody about that after I do. Sounds good. All right, Crystal. Well, thank you so much for recording with me uh, and taking a break from your political life and talking about (laughs) food and having some fun. And I feel like I could talk to you for another two hours, but I've only got a half hour of recording scheduled and I feel like we've already talked for 40 minutes. So I think at least I think might be pushing an hour. I think I think Zoom has given me some extra minutes. Just they like me. But yeah. personal, personally, Zoom likes me. <laughs> uh, all right, Crystal. Well, thanks a lot and have a great weekend and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, the food fan. And we're back with my good friend, Luis Serapio. And Luis is here just to catch up with us and talk about whatever he wants to talk about pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, Luis, I don't know if you were able to listen, but Rick and I talked your salsa thing to death the last time he and I did. Uh, right on, man. We thank had you, thank a you. great time. Awesome, Bo. I definitely appreciate you guys coming and helping me with this event, the, the first event that I ever put together. I was as scared as you could tell. I'm very yeah. nervous, and I'm just glad that I have friends like you, where you expertise, that were able to guide me. And even then, I still went sideways, but it seems like people have fun, and that's what's important. People had a blast, and uh, it seemed like the vendors were having fun, too, and it, ha- it had a real nice atmosphere, and, and I know the judges had a real good time. So 
thanks for doing it and thanks for having us to judge right on well thank you man i just think that it, things like that i feel like it will be great to uh, keep on doing mainly because not only like Asheville is a culinary mecca at this point but i also feel like as you know i always try to push the diversity card and try to bring the i don't know i i, I guess multiculturalism and get people get together from different cultural backgrounds and i don't know i feel like it was a great time in that sense mm -hmm. so uh, i'm excited about next year uh, when i do it again and when i keep on making events that really try to unite different communities that otherwise don't really seem to uh, spend a lot of time together so i think that is just such a great goal such an admirable mission that you're on and you really have taken on multiculturalism as your um your you're the champion of that uh, one one of them there are others in this town uh, i'm sure that you you know them but uh you're certainly at the forefront of thank you man. Uh, making sure that this town is multicultural and i always i always say from my own selfish point of view that when it's multicultural it's more fun that's that's the bottom line for me you know and i i and believe me all the other reasons why it's good i believe in as well but you know to make it personal it's just more fun when it's more multicultural yeah for sure man i feel like uh, again Asheville is such a diverse town truly but at the same time oftentimes we don't really see people mingling like the way we did that day with yeah. different backgrounds and yeah. i do hope that because of that that will be spearheading more events that involve food because i also really think that food food is is something that binds us all together and uh and this country, we have so many different cultures from all over the world. So yeah. why not get together and have some food and have a good time? Yeah, I agree. Um, so thanks again for doing that. And you and I are talking to Shea Brown. The cat's already out of the bag, Luis, about our taco event. Oh, yeah. Well, we might as well let it out. Cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Talking to Shea Brown about that. And uh, that's not going to happen until like March, though. So. Um, yeah. But any hoodles, speaking of multiculturalism, there's a new chef in town, or I don't That's know if right. he's new to town, but he's new to one of Asheville's favorite Southern cooking restaurants. And Luis, yeah, we were able to talk to the chef today. And why don't you just I'm, take it from here and tell us his name, tell us his, his background and what he had to say to you. So his name is uh, Chef Hassan. And uh, Chef Hassan is from Morocco. Okay. And uh, really what I was talking to him about is his uh, influence in the cuisine, the, the kind of foods that he likes to cook, although he's been cooking, and how now he's taking it to a whole different level, coming to a Southern American staple restaurant, like eatery, uh, what's it called? Um, Early Girl. Early Girl. Early, Early Girl, Girl eatery, eatery is the full So uh, I, I was kind of like um, taken by that because really, Again, a Moroccan guy cooking this kind of food. It's not that everything is possible, obviously, and I'm sure he's gonna do a great job, but he has a very impressive resume, man. I really feel like what I was reading about him, where he went to school and the kind of cuisines that he's very familiar and he's even taught before like, he's, he's taught classes on it. Uh, obviously he cooks great Moroccan food is what he was telling me, which I'm excited about. I don't know if you know anything about Moroccan foods too. You? I've had it, you know, I don't know a lot about it, but when I lived in Boston, there were some great Moroccan restaurants. And even as a small child, my parents used to take us to a Moroccan restaurant that was so much fun. So right I'm not on. schooled on it, don't know a lot about it, but I've eaten it. Well, I'm a big fan of it, actually. So when I knew he was from Morocco, I had to ask him about Moroccan food. So <laughs> I, I hope that we become good friends. Uh, I think that... Uh, Hopefully that doesn't happen. And there is a particular dish that I want to try one of these days with him. And it's called a tagine. And oh, yeah. a tagine, are, are you familiar with that? Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah. So yeah, man, I'm excited about eventually hanging out with him and see if uh, he can invite me or I don't know, we can get together and try to do some cooking. But uh, he was telling me about um, his project here and how he got here. And I think it's really cool that early girl iterate that of him uh, to come over and take over as executive chef. Because really, again, his, his resume is very impressive. And uh, with that kind of resume, I'm pretty sure that he's gonna do a really good job at this restaurant here in Asheville. And I feel like, it, based on what he was telling me, 
maybe he'll also do pop-ups and things like that. And, uh, and again, really, I feel like it's awesome that there is another immigrant chef in town. So the, the scene, uh, the local scene keeps on getting more and more rich when it comes to multiculturalism. And uh, so I'm glad that these guys are giving him a chance. And also, I was talking to the owner of an early girl, and I'm not really sure where he's from, but I also know that he's Latino. He's told me this. And uh, anyway, I just feel like it, it's really good. Seems like there's momentum right now in the town. People mm -hmm. seem to be more interested in this multiculturalism thing that I keep on talking about. Yeah. Uh, and more than anything, because they realize that the food gets better and better. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like people, you know, they want to feel like they're in it with their hearts, but they're really in it with their stomachs, Luis. Oh, I know, man. <laughs> I, I, I am. I am. I, mean, I am too. Uh, I'm just giving Asheville a hard time because we we do consider ourselves to be like a progressive, liberal, inclusive town. But I think in the last couple of years, we've had to confront some of our own lack of diversity and lack of multiculturalism. And I think that we've done a pretty good job facing that. You know, I'm not the best person to judge that. It's up to others to judge how we're doing. But um, I, I love it that there is, that you are focusing on multiculturalism and therefore it comes into the forefront for other people. And getting back to early girl, um, I'll say, you know, like I've met plenty of white Southern chefs who cook food from other parts of the world. True. Right? True. And, and then, they do a great job. So why can't a great chef from Morocco cook wonderful southern food you know like if you're not going to allow it in your mind for that to be a possibility then how can you possibly go to a japanese restaurant where the executive chef is from florida you know like and is not of japanese descent you know you know so, it, it's like at one point i remember reading um anthony bourdain talking about the new york city culinary scene and how he thought that truly it was ruled by Mexicans in the kitchens yes. and how they were so unnoticed, but that truly that they were so, such a big and huge influence and really the backbone of the industry in New York City. So mm -hmm. no, I think it's great that now we're going to see more chefs like that. I know there's different restaurants in town now that they have immigrant chefs or sous chefs. And um, so I think it's awesome, man. I cannot wait to go. I'm going to be going to see Chef Hassan at Early Girl. Um, He's going to be cooking something. We, we haven't really set the date yet, but I know it's coming very soon because I'm going to be doing a blog on it. And I think it's going to be cool because this particular blog, I believe I'm going to try to do in Spanish. Um, not too long ago, I did a post on Facebook on, uh, what is it, Benny on Eagle? Or how do you say it? Benny on Eagle? Or ben, uh, is that how you say it? Benny, Benny on Eagle. Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Eagle. Yeah, man. And uh, I did it in Spanish. And it was really cool how people reacted to it. Uh, so I feel like um, I'm going to keep on doing this back and forth, English and Spanish. I don't ever really want to do, I, I used to do the two of them together, but they were just so long. And I feel like people, I don't know, like it was too long. So I'm going to keep on doing like one, mix it, maybe one week I do it in Spanish, one another week I do it in English. I'm not sure, but I do see that I have to keep on doing it in English too. Yeah, so. of course. There's just a lot of people who reading which around here yeah, man, right yeah. ain't, ain't yeah, no denying true. if you want to have a big audience you gotta yeah for but, sure man um well luis uh thank you for uh checking in with us and for talking to the chef and say his name for me again hassan hassan, hassan. Is his name. yeah chef hassan i look forward to meeting him myself and um trying his menu and giving it a blog post myself and so thanks for doing some of the field work and, and talking to him and finding out some of his bio. And uh, my pleasure, man. I mean, like you said earlier, I have taken this multiculturalism thing as, I don't want to say as my flag, but as something that I believe is extremely important for what I'm doing within the platform that I have. So, cool. yeah. Well, I fully support you, my friend. Anything you, you need from me, you can just ask. And you. uh, yeah. You're, you're doing great things and uh, uh, thanks for being on the radio show and and thanks for all you do and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go and uh, I'll talk I will check in with you next week and try to have right, you on as much as we can all, all right, right Luis take care brother